This is a psalm of David, <clears throat> King David, okay? He wrote most of the psalms in here. Um, and it begins with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we just come before you this night, Lord. And we just thank you for who you are, Lord. Most gracious and holy God who reveals secrets to the sons of men. And you reveal yourself and who you are, Lord God, through your word. So this night, Lord God, I just pray, anoint this word, Father. Anoint me to deliver this holy word of God, Father. And Father, I just pray for the hearts in this room to be anointed to receive this word. It's in your precious son's name. Jesus' name we pray. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What exactly in history is the role of a shepherd? Because today, we don't have a whole lot of shepherds roaming the earth. We really don't. I mean, the industry's been, you know, modernized, and you don't have shepherds in the field tending the flocks anymore. But in David's day, the traditional role of a shepherd was a few things. First and foremost, he was to lead the sheep to pasture and to water. He was also to protect them from the wild animals, to guard the flock by night. He took care of the sheep, and whenever they were weak, he would pick them up on his shoulders and he would carry them, especially the lambs. He he took special care of the the little ones, the lambs. He'd pick them up and he he would care for them and take them up. You see, this is how David talks about the Lord to us. He said, the Lord is our shepherd. He is the one who feeds us. He is the one who protects us, who guards us, and even carries us whenever we are weak. It is because the Lord is our shepherd that we shall not want. Now, this word want here doesn't mean every woman desire, okay? It refers to having the necessities of life met for us. And this is who the Lord is to us. Because the Lord is the one who feeds me, who protects me, who guards me, and yes, even at times carries me, I shall have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. You see, this right here is a picture of the Lord's abundant provision for his sheep. Think about this. For sheep, this is the pinnacle experience for a sheep, okay? If he can go out and find green, lush pasture and still water, because the thing with a sheep, they, they can't drink from a flowing river, a mighty river. It has to be, it has to be a gentle stream of water or else the sheep won't go near it and go and drink from it. You see, right here, the green pastures represent abundant, lush, and lasting sustenance. The still waters are the waters of quietness or waters in the places of repose. It's a very peaceful place. You see, this is not stagnant, but fresh, gentle, flowing stream. This is where the Lord leads us. Because he is our shepherd, he brings us to the place of abundance and peaceful provision. 
the green pastures that are provided abundantly for our needs, lush and lasting sustenance, the peaceful waters where we have provision of life, it is surrounded by peace. For he makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Not only that, but in verse 3, he restores my soul. Okay, this word restore right here literally means to cause my innermost being to return. It has the connotation of restoring vitality, strength, or vigor, to renew or to restore something. You see, good shepherds will always cherish their sheep. When the sheep are diseased or they're weak, the good shepherd will support and nurse them back to health. David says this, and this is the manner in which the Lord had treated him. And we know that the Lord is no respecter of persons. What he would do for one sheep in his flock, he would do for every single sheep in the flock. He restores my soul. Literally, he renews, invigorates, restores the strength and vigor of my innermost being. Verse, uh, second part of verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This path of righteousness right here, okay? This is not what we typically think of whenever we, we, we're looking at this verse here. It, in this context of the sheep and the shepherd, in this psalm, the phrase does not mean to be in a place of merit or a place of upright standing before God. It isn't referring to personal righteousness in the sight of the Lord. However, this is referred to many, many times in other parts of the scripture. But right here, this is not what he's, he's calling out. It refers to this right here, the shepherd leading his sheep in a path that avoids dangerous places and it leads to abundant pastures. So literally what David's saying is whenever the Lord comes and leads us in the paths of righteousness, he's going to lead us in a path that lends to happiness. It's the right path. It's a straight path. Or some other versions say it's a good and pleasant path. It avoids the danger. It, it, it doesn't go into the places where it would cause harm or, or would bring upon, uh, you know, malice or, or the troubles of life. It's a, it's a place that would lead to a straight path before us. And he does this. He leads us in paths of righteousness, not only for our sake, but mainly for his name's sake. For the second part of verse 3 tells us that he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He does this for his reputation. God bestows things upon his sheep, not because anything that they have done in themselves or not because they deserve it, but because of his own goodness. He does it to prove to those who will see his sheep and know that indeed their God is a good God. He proves his name by the way that he tends his flock. And in doing so, it brings honor to his name. See, the Lord stands out through this by bringing, bringing glory to his name as a God who keeps his promises. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now this word right here, yea, though, could more accurately be translated as to even when, okay, not if, but even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, while true believers are under the protection of God, there's no question about that. We are still exposed to many of the world's troubles. 
we are still liable to all the afflictions that the people of the world hold in common. It's nothing new for us. See, in this valley, this valley of the shadow of death, it denotes a dark place where evil lurks. The sheep, if found alone in this place, have absolutely no hope of return. It's a place where, where predators lurk in the darkness and they will quickly and easily become prey if not guided by a shepherd. Alone, without protection, they would be absolutely defenseless, not be able to defend themselves one bit. You see, in this passage right here, in, in, in this Psalms, we go from the Lord being our shepherd to green pastures, still waters. But we see that David does not promise himself the continual pleasure of the pastures and the waters and the gentle streams. He doesn't promise himself those continual things. You see, the possibility of dark and treacherous valley was very well known to David, and it should be known to us as well, too. Even with the possibilities of dark times and adversity, David fortifies himself in the Lord with this one thing, that even in the darker times of life, even in the valleys of darkness, the Lord is with him. And just like he is with us, even in our darkest times. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, God will go down to the darkest depths and the darkest valleys of our life right, right alongside with us. As a good shepherd does not abandon his sheep, so will the Lord not abandon those of his flock. He never will. You see, his rod and his staff which is basically his club and his walking stick, speaks of his ability to protect the sheep. You know, if, if, if you were in um, Fast Track with us here recently, we talked about David being a shepherd and being in the sheepfolds and how that whenever it came time to do battle against Goliath, he came to Saul and he was like, I'm going to go kill this, this Philistine. And Saul was like, you're but a youth. And this man has been a man of war since his youth. And David said, not so, the Lord was with me. He said, in the shepherd's field, the lion came against me. The bear came against me. He said, whenever they took a lamb, I took the lamb back out of their mouth. And when they rose up against me, I caught it by his beard and I, stuck it with, I struck it with my rod. See, these were the weapons of warfare for a shepherd. It was his weapons of defense for his sheep. As David fought off the lion and fought off the bear in the shepherd's field, so God will do the same thing towards his sheep in the darkest valleys of life. For our adversary, the devil, we know, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Those sheep without a shepherd are easily picked off and devoured. But the Lord, our shepherd, uses every means at his disposal to fight on our behalf. You see, we serve a God who is almighty and all-powerful. No adversary can even stand up against him. As a matter of fact, when his presence shows up, he has to flee. This gives us comfort that no dark valley in life, no adversary can ever overcome us for he is with us and he is more than able to protect his. Now something interesting transpires right here in the 23rd Psalm. It goes from describing God as a shepherd to describing him as a host. Now you say a host of what? As we're going to see in the scripture, a host of a banquet or a great feast. For verse 5 goes on to tell us that you prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. See, in this verse, we see the change. It's the shift from shepherd to host, the host of a banquet or a great feast. It is the Lord who prepares this and beckons and calls his children to come and partake of it. He does this, David says, in the presence of our enemies. So this is something that's for here, right now, today on earth because we know at the great feast in heaven the marriage supper of the lamb that there are going to be no enemies around for him to do this to so this speaks of right here right now on earth that the lord prepares a table before us and calls us unto himself to to partake in it in this day in david's day the most magnificent of meals or feasts put together the host would offer fragrant oil for their guests to come in and anoint their heads with. And it would, it would fill up the room with this fragrance that just smelled really, really good. And the host would do this. Now, no man would think himself to be an honorable uh, host if he did not offer this in this day. This is something completely foreign to us today. But back in David's day, this was common. You see, the honored guest of the feast received this type of treatment. This is what the honored guest who were called to this feast would, would get. God calls us as honored guests to partake of his feast. It goes on to say, my cup overflows. In this day, the host would offer a cup and fill it to the brim with wine. This was an absolute beautiful gesture of generosity. Now, back in this day, if people had bread in the house, they were okay. I mean, not necessarily poor but definitely far from being rich if you were able to have bread in the, in the house. If a man could provide for he and his family oil and wine, this was, a, this was a stature of wealth, a stature of well-being that the common person had, had no privy to. However, if a man had enough to not only provide a feast, a great meal to his guests, but provide everybody with oil to anoint their heads with and, and wine that would overflow their cups... This man was a man of great, great means and very, very great wealth. You see, the, the oil and the wine denote wealth and abundance. The Lord calls us to this table where we can partake of his abundance. You see the pattern here? In the beginning of the psalm, he talks about how the Lord's our shepherd. He protects us. He guides us. He guards us. Then he leads us out to green pastures where we find provision to meet our everyday needs and the necessities of life. Then we transfer one step over to now all of a sudden the Lord's calling to his table where we can partake of his abundance and his wealth. This is the step that God calls us to do. And the abundance that the Lord provides in our life was never ever meant to just be contingent upon spending on me. See, the Lord gives more than we can consume and more than, our, more than we have for necessity to be generous just as he is generous. Because it sees in the very nature, character, and person of God to be a giver. God in his very nature is a giver. And he's calling his children to do the same, the same thing too. But in, for, in, in order for us to be givers, we have to have enough to feed us and our families. And he's promised that. He's promised protection, guidance, and to even carry us whenever we're weak. He's promised provision to meet our needs. But he's also promised us more. Our cup to overflow so that way we can be generous to others. Just as he is generous towards us. Verse 6. Surely, 
goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Because the Lord is our shepherd and he is our great host, he calls us to this magnificent feast where we can rest assured that his goodness and his mercy will be right there with us all throughout our days of our life. This word surely goodness and mercy, surely, actually is translated better into only. Only goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. They will remain on us till our dying day. And then when our dying day does come, we have this promise. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, we're promised to dwell eternally with the God of all creation. The God who stands up and and calls us and beckons us us to him as as a shepherd would to his sheep to come and receive protection, receive guidance, receive care, receive the provision for you and your family. Not only only receive the provision for you and yours, but receive the abundance so that you can turn around and be a blessing to others. Jesus said in John chapter 14, In my Father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. This is the place where David says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. John chapter 10, Jesus tells us something here. He says, I am the good shepherd. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and they they know me when I call out to them. He also likens himself to the door. He said, the sheep enter in through the door, and they go out and find good pasture. He said, but I am the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. So the question is, is incumbent upon us tonight. Are we in the sheepfold of God? Are we in a place where we can say that we are the sheep of the Lord? Are we one of his? Are you one of his? Are we submitted to Jesus and following after him? Do you know his voice? That's the question. Because if the answer to that question is yes, then Psalm 23 is for you. It's a promise of provision and abundance and life right here, right now. A small piece of heaven on this side of, this side of heaven, this side of life. You know, we don't have to wait till we get there to enjoy the bounties of heaven. God wants to give it to us right here, right now, and have a little taste of it on this side of earth. Rejoice, for the Lord is our shepherd, and we will not lack. He leads us out to green pastures of provision and gentle waters of peace. He strengthens our life. He walks with us in the darkest valleys of life and protects us from all evil. He leads us on the straight paths that lead to life. He invites you to his banquet table and gives you the honored privilege of being an honored guest at his feast where he wants to anoint you with oil and pour you out in your cup blessings that overflow more than you can contain in your cup. Come alongside you all the days of your life with goodness and mercy. They will follow you. They will walk, walk right beside you all the days of your life. And then when we die and leave this earthly body, and leave this temporal time, he's prepared a place for us for all eternity, forever and ever, to be with him. You see, people, this is the God we serve. We, we serve a God who cares for us, and he longs to meet our needs. He longs to be that, that, that help in, in a time of need. He longs to take us as a shepherd would take his sheep and bring them under his provision and bring them under his hand and his protection and keep them from the elements that would try to destroy them. And he has the power to do so. 
But he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we just come to you tonight. And Jesus, you said you are the good shepherd. You care for your sheep, O Lord. And Lord, we we just come before you, Lord God, and we thank you for your provision, Father God. We thank you for your protection, O Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, in life's dark times. You never leave us, Lord. You never forsake us, O God. But you are with us, and you protect us, O God, and you cover us, O Lord. And not only that, Lord, but we thank you, Father God, for calling us to your, your banquet table, O Lord, that we may partake of you, Lord God, and we may partake of your abundance, Lord God, and your provision that's freely given, Lord God. It's freely given to whomsoever will, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for you are good, and there is none like you, Jesus. I said you are good, Lord, and there is none like you. Father, we just ask and we pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Before we close out tonight, I'd just like us to stand. Let's worship God tonight. As the great shepherd, as the great God, as the one who cares for us. Let's just lift our hands and our hearts and our voices to him. The one who cares and the one who provides and the one who loves us so much that he came to this earth and shed his life's blood for our sins. And whomsoever will, whomsoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Eternally, yes, forever and ever, yes, but right here, right now. Deliverance, freedom, protection, provision by the hand of the living God. shelter yeah it's all I need it's all I need and what a table you've set for me as I feast in front of my enemies and know my head how my head it pours with the oil you have anointed me and my cup it 
overflows with all the blessings you bestowed. What a comfort, yeah. What a shelter, yeah. It's all I need. It's all I need. And I rest in your love as it chases, chases me. Oh, oh my days. And I make my home in your, in your house. With every lasting breath, my shepherd who comforts, my shepherd who shelters, you're all that I needed. My shepherd who comforts, my shepherd who shelters. You're all that I need. Thank you, Jesus, that you're all we need. Thank you, Jesus, that you lead us right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. It was a good night. Um, y'all dismissed to go. Be here Sunday morning. We're going to do it all over again. God bless you all. Have a good night.